Ladies, ladies, you don't have to wait for someone else to show enthusiasm for you. You can do that for yourself. We can do that together. Welcome to the Cup of Glow podcast. I'm your host, Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva, and I have the t-shirt to prove it. The Cup of Glow podcast seeks to entertain, inform, and inspire you through serial stories and discussions prompting you, the milestone diva in our midst, to own your power. You're in for a treat today. Ann Poirier is our guest, and she has terrific information to share with us. Yay! Can't wait to. So glad to be here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Anne. It's a wonderful thing. Having overcome her own eating, food, weight, and body image challenges, and drawing upon close to four decades of experience, Anne wrote The Body Joyful to share her highly personal and life-changing journey. Anne is a certified intuitive eating counselor and body confidence coach, self-talk trainer, eating disorder specialist, and author. Anne is the leader of the Body Joyful Revolution community, an online safe, non-judgmental space for women of all sizes, shapes, and weights who want to feel more comfortable and confident in their bodies and selves. Yep, that's me. That is you, and you have so many great things to offer. But today, we're going to focus a little bit on intuitive eating and body confidence. Ah, it's so those two things go together in a very unique way as well. So I'm glad to be sharing some information with you and your readers and can't, I mean, listeners, sorry, uh, and can't wait to talk. Well, you're an author after all, so no one can blame you about thinking about readers. But yes, we have listeners here. But tell us more about intuitive eating. Sure. Intuitive eating is just what it sounds like. It's starting to tune into your own natural physical cues for hunger and fullness and satisfaction around foods instead of searching externally for, you know, the next diet that's out there or the next food plan that's popular or the next way to eat that everybody's talking about. It's going internal because everybody's individual and food is individual for all of us. And so intuitive eating is this process of really learning to tune into your body and what feels good in your body when it comes to food and eating. Well, when I think about intuitive eating, I used to think anyway that, oh, I could eat whatever I want, whenever I want, as long as I stop before I get too full. My problem was always, what is too full? Help us mm. with that. And the interesting thing is, it's everybody is, it's a way of trying to find out what is comfortable fullness for you and what does that feel like? And then how does 
the food that you eat and the amounts that you eat impact your body? You know, how does it feel after you eat? You know, are you lethargic? Um, does your belly hurt? Uh, do you feel energetic and focused? So it's all about tuning in, you know, kind of this before, during, and after all of our, I call them eating episodes, all of our eating episodes. Oh, okay. So if I have an eating episode where I just gouge my poor little self and then my my stomach feels like balloons are in it, what's the best remedy for me at that point? To just talk to yourself kindly and compassionately and go, how do I feel right now? This doesn't necessarily feel that good when I eat this much. Can you connect the feeling of the foods that you ate or the amount that you ate and how it's making you feel after. Because if it doesn't bother you that much, right, then that's something to think about too. If I just, I like to eat till I'm, you know, we use it kind of this scale of hunger and fullness. If I eat into a nine on the, the hunger scale and that feels comfortably full for me, then that's where you eat to. Normally, if you eat to a nine, then you're not as hungry later. So you need to kind of get in touch with the nuances of your own hunger and then your own comfortable fullness. So it's really about your comfort level when it comes to food. Wow. Well, apparently I've been very comfortable for a very long time, but I have, <laughs> I have to find my trigger point to say full stop. That's it. Uh, yeah, and, and the, I think that you can go along with... Um, with that said, too, is, you know, are you eating when you're hungry or are you eating um, because of something else? Like, are there other triggers or are there other reasons for food, eating food? Sometimes there are, and that's normal, um, but we're trying to get a little bit more in touch with this natural hunger that happens in our bodies, too. I do find that um, at work, for example, if I'm particularly stressed, if I have too many rush projects that descend upon me the same day, I do become very anxious. And that's when I say, well, you know, I'm going to go out and pick something up. And a lot of times to relieve the stress, I don't necessarily pick it up. I stay at a restaurant and eat it. That's when I have problems. So I guess I have to work on that. Well, it's interesting because there is, you know, when we're stressed out, our body is in our fight, flight, freeze, you know, it's in our sympathetic nervous system. And the interesting thing to, to be aware of, which I think is great news, is the fact that eating actually puts us into our parasympathetic or our rest state. It's called rest and digest. And so eating works when we're stressed. Um, and how do we allow eating to work sometimes, but also create some other ways to take care of our stress or to reduce our stress so it's not just eating, but it's other things like breathing or getting outside or listening to music or trying to relieve our stress in other ways along with food. Food can be part of the solution, but not necessarily the whole solution, if that makes sense. That does make sense. And I like the phrase rest and digest. So maybe I'm going to add a little stroll around the parking lot instead of driving 
to the nearest sit-down restaurant. Maybe that'll help me out. I'm going to try it this week. Mm. Yeah, give it a try and see how it works, right? So it's finding those other things that can help with the stress. That's right. I'm taking my pants for a walk through my parking lot. <laughs> All right. Now, Anne, in case you didn't know it, you are taking us to school today, and we're going to continue our lessons with body confidence and what you do as a body confidence coach. But before we start that, tell me, what's the difference between body confidence and body positive? That's such a great question because body confidence is, it's interesting because this is another internal feeling. Like I feel confident in my body today. What does it mean to feel confident in your body? How do you think about your body? So body confidence, confidence is feeling really comfortable and good in your body, whereas body positivity is highlighting our, it's more external. And I feel um, it's more like I am accepted. My body is accepted. I'm accepting my body. I love my body. So there's a little bit of a difference and it's a little nuance. Uh, I think that with body confidence, it allows for our ability to say yes to doing things that we might not say yes to. Um, body positive is more about here. I'm just, I feel great in my body and it's more of an external, look at me, I'm great and my body is great, but it's not necessarily feeling confident. It's a different feeling, don't you think? That we feel um, empowered and we respect our body and we treat it well and that becomes the avenue or the pathway to body confidence where body positivity is just kind of an outlook on the way we see our body. Well, thanks for clarifying that for me. Yes, I can see there is a nuance to it, yet it's all kind of wrapped in the same thing, but it's how you feel about it and how you want to present yourself. I'm thinking if I'm more body positive, I'm going to do more retail shopping and that's a good thing, but I'm going to find my size and look good in it and feel good about looking good in it. And body confidence, I just love who I am, whether yes. I have brand new clothes or not. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a deeper, it's a, di a deeper feeling of how you feel within your body, right? Just not on the external side. Good. Well, I'm striving for that. Now, tell mm -hmm. me this. How does age affect body image and body confidence? Well, I think our bodies, one of the things that I teach is that our bodies are always changing. Our bodies were two and three, and then we were teenagers, and then we were in our 20s and 30s, and then we were in our 40s and 50s, and then we're in our 60s and 70s, right? So our body has a lifetime of change. And to allow and accept that our bodies will change and one of the things that I really think about is, is in the past when I was not feeling good about my body, thinking about all the things that I may have missed because I didn't feel good in my body. Whereas now, you know, when I ask a client to look back on a time, say in their 30s, oh, if I only could weigh that again, or if I could only look like that again, I'd be so happy. And then I ask them, well, when you were 
looking like that in that body in that time, were you happy? And almost always they say, well, no, I was beating myself up and I hated the way I looked, right? So how do we find um, this kindness and compassion for our bodies, realizing that they are going to change? We have life experience. We have all kinds of things that we're experiencing in our lives. And so our bodies are going to continue to change. If we're feeling internally good about ourselves, then our bodies kind of come along for the right and the body the way the body changes doesn't knock us off our um, our journey as much. Well, I really like that. Our bodies come along for the ride, and we should try to enjoy the ride. Your book is a good service for anyone who may be struggling with body issues. I really love the title so much. But it really is a great thing to read and get some kind of comfort from. But you had to be very brave to do it. So how did you muster the courage to write that book, The Body Joyful? Uh, That um, is another really good question because I, before it was published, I had a little bit of a doubt of what the heck was I doing because that might not have been the best idea for me to to write this and show it to the world. Um, But the reason that I did is because I knew that this story needs to be told. People need to know they're not alone on this journey and that there's hope and healing. You know, coming from an eating disorder and disordered eating and dysmorphia for for 40 years really of my life and being able to find my way out and to just feel joyful in my body and joyful with movement and um, joyful with food and freedom with all of those things that I think there are so many people that I come in contact with that don't feel they'll ever change or ever be able to change or ever be able to find that comfort and and confidence within themselves, not only their bodies, but within themselves. And so by sharing the story and sharing kind of this journey, and I think about the phrase, well, it's no wonder I, I made this decision. It's no wonder I made this choice. It's no wonder I feel this way. Due to the fact of the way that I was brought up and the experiences that I had, and I think that uh, highlighting that for other people allows them, you know, to explore their own journeys and validate their own journeys and realize that they have the ability, you know, and responsibility to take, to walk forward and do something else. Well, that is so true. I'm tripping over my words right now because I'm just still in awe of what you shared with us and how, easily it is for so many people to relate to it and then move forward with their lives because of it. Without giving away too much in the book, there was one section that I really liked, and it's where you talked about making a list about your body parts and your new perspective about various body parts. And I put checks on a couple of them. You said, my fingernails love the chance to be French. 
And, <laughs> and my nails grow very well. I don't need acrylics or anything, gel nails or any of those things when I allow my nails to grow. But again, when I get particularly stressed or anxious, I'm a nail biter. I'm trying to get out of that. So just last week, I chewed off every single beautiful nail I had on my two hands. Now, when I read, my fingernails love the chance to be French, I'm thinking, hmm, my fingernails love the chance to be not bitten. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try to make a list of the various body parts that you also made a list about and think about how I could honor that part of my body. My mouth loves to share a smile. That's really nice, and it made me smile. So tell us more about this list and what you might want us to do if we each tried to make our own list. I think we tend to uh, beat our bodies up so much that we don't see that other perspective. And a, and a simple shift of thought process around our bodies allows us and it gives us permission to make a list of things that are different. So, you know, I went through each body part. So what do your eyes do? You know, and I think about all the wonderful things that my eyes see and what do my, I started first with these senses of eyes and ears and nose and mouth uh, and touch and feel, and then to try to think of what, what things bring me joy in my body when it comes to my feet and my toes and my legs and my belly and my back, like every single body part that we have has some sort of function, either internal or external. And so that's a great place to start is this, what does this particular body part do for me? And then because it does that for me, what do, what do I get to do outside in order to utilize this wonderful, these wonderful feet that I have. And I think I might've said something about splashing in puddles or splashing in the water with my feet, because then you can feel the water and it's, it becomes kind of a fun, joyous activity. So it's really taking our body parts and looking at them from a completely different perspective. And that perspective change shifts our overall feeling about ourselves. Well, it really does. I can attest to that because I really enjoyed reading that and then trying to come up with my own list. So I will continue to do that because I really enjoyed it. Now, let me ask you something else. There are many images in the media right now, um, many of them about women of different ethnicities, race, size, age, you name it. There's a diversity of women shown to us on the screen right now. So we can't complain too much anymore about only seeing a size two looking a certain way. What are your thoughts about the rise of media that features larger women right now? I am so happy to see the variety. That's what you just said is a variety of shapes and sizes and colors. And like you say, in ethnicities and cultures 
And by seeing someone that looks more like you, there's more an acceptability for, for each individual. We are all, I, I talk about our own genetic blueprints. We all have different genetic blue, blueprints. Nobody is the same. And so isn't that the way the world is supposed to, to look? All different sizes and shapes and colors. And that's what, that's what brings color to a rainbow, right? So I am very, very glad that we are seeing this movement with body positivity and uh, allowing, right? And it, it, I hate to say that word now that it came out of my mouth because why wasn't that allowed 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Because it was very different um, just 20 years ago on what we saw you know, in the media and on TV and in movies, it is shifting. And so I am very thankful that it is finally shifting so that um, our next generation hopefully won't be stuck, you know, seeking and searching or thinking their bodies are wrong or their color is wrong because of who they are. They can see that they're not alone another kind of not alone moment, right? Yes. Well, the two of us, you and I, are in a similar category, so to speak, because I'm promoting women age 50 and older to love themselves, feel good about themselves, be happy. Life isn't over because the kids are gone or you're divorced or you are widowed. You have your own life to live. Age 50, 60, 70, 80, 100. We're all here to be happy like everyone else. And you, Miss Ann Poirier, you're helping women or any individual actually to feel good in their bodies. And that's such a wonderful thing. So before we close, give us some words of encouragement for women over 50 to feel good about who they are in their skin? Oh, I think women over 50 have so much wisdom. And isn't that the most wonderful opportunity to learn from our own experiences and our own, uh, you know, falls and trips uh, and our own successes and stepping forward and saying, what do I really want now? I love having an open door for my thoughts, for the things that I want to try, for like things are not limited uh, as we get older, I think, because of the fact that we have this wisdom. And then I think about women in groups having collective wisdom, right? Sharing and learning and growing with each other. And so as we feel more comfortable in our bodies, when we feel good in our bodies and we love ourselves, we say yes to more of those adventures, more of those things that are out there for us, rather than uh, turning inward and not feeling good about ourselves, then we tend to isolate and tend to shy away from saying yes. So as we grow older, say yes and take the opportunities and enjoy your body to the fullest rather than beat it up, you know, love it. Yes. Talk compassionately and kindly to it and just see what it's capable of. Absolutely. And this has been fantastic. 
I really appreciate you spending time with us and sharing what you do with us. Thank you so much. Links to your website, your Instagram, and information about your body, Joyful Revolution community will be in the show notes for this episode. Please check out Ann Poirier on Instagram at annpoirier11. Thank you so much, Ann. We look forward to everybody reading The Body Joyful. Thank you so very much for having me. Greatly appreciated this conversation with you. Thank you. All righty. Bye now. Bye-bye. Make the most of 2022 by adding Relax and Recharge, a Society of Milestone Divas summer retreat to your schedule of events. Join other Milestone Divas, women aged 50 and older, for this Oceanside Retreat at the beautiful Shores Resort and Spa in Daytona Beach Shores, Florida, from August 5th to August 8th, 2022. Enjoy a few days of relaxation, taking time for yourself to recharge after enduring the pandemic, and making new friends. Contact Chanel Jefferson, Travel Advisor, at Holiday Cruises and Tours for retreat and hotel reservations. Her number is 850-386-7327, extension 206. Website is funseas.com slash milestone divas. Thank you for listening to the Cup of Glow podcast. We love what we do and sharing a few moments with you. Please remember to subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast. You may email your comments to us at gloria at cupofglow.com. Until next week, this has been the Cup of Glow podcast with Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva asking you to celebrate each day and spread happiness your way.